It's Download from Relay FM, Episode 17, Privacy and Coupons. Recorded Thursday, August 17th, 2017. So many 17s. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I'm not Jason Snell. I'm producer Stephen Hackett. I've taken over the show this week, and I'm joined by two just guests that I'm so excited about. Uh, up first, Mike Sargent, senior editor at Mobile Nations, and he hosts the podcasts Clockwise and Disruption, both here on Relay FM. And also joined by Alex Cox, co-host of podcasts Dubai Friday and Roboism, and what I, who I would consider the world-famous employee of Cards Against Humanity. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Stephen. You. Thank you. Oh, oh boy. World-famous. Oh, boy. Uh, why is everyone uh, so nervous? So let's get to it. The most interesting stories of the week, as chosen by me, because Jason Snell is on vacation. That brings us to topic number one. Last weekend, the world watched as neo-Nazis descended on the city of Charlottesville uh, in March. Violence broke out, and many of us were watching along in real time on Twitter as acts of domestic terrorism took place. This happens in the same world where Facebook Live has hosted all sorts of violence and crimes. Facebook has worked this year to hire human editors to, to filter this stuff out, but any streaming or real-time service can be used to broadcast just about anything. And I find that really interesting, and I'm curious what you guys think. Is this sort of free flow of information a net positive or a net negative on the world? Ooh, net positive or net negative, wow. Um, I consider it to be, I, I, I'm genuinely, or, or generally rather, a little bit more uh, taken aback by some of these these live services. And the reason I say that is because I can remember one day I was scrolling through Facebook and boom, uh, the video of a man who was uh, live streaming as he 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 had had like a mental breakdown and he was driving around and trying to shoot people and eventually did shoot people. Um, and that video started audio auto playing in my feed. And oh it was after that day that I turned off autoplay on everything possible. Um, and, you know, on a, I, I, I would think somewhat uh, well known for my love of animals, especially dogs. And I've seen far too many of those horrible, horribly awful videos of dogs being abused and things like that as well playing live. And so, uh, I, uh, well, actually, those are just usually not live playing, but auto playing. So I tend to be a little bit on the side of, of live can be a pretty unpredictable and therefore scary thing. But I also think that in cases where we're looking at protests and we're looking at things that are happening right now, it can be a positive. As far as net positive, uh, I, I'm not I'm not convinced. I think in terms of the actual actual technology, we're at a net positive right now. Like, I I can count on my hands the number of times it, like this has actually been useful. Um, but I can see the technology getting there, uh, and, and those times it has been useful. It has it has been like at protests or where I see like a friend who is in danger and I'm able to go help them. Um, 
But yeah, when you're doing the scrolling and then auto playing and just some something horrific comes up or just some bros doing something obnoxious comes up. Um, I mean, you can also argue on like whether or not each platform is is a net positive or a net negative. Um, I think, t- too, though, what makes it a net positive is that. People who are streaming things, um, they like streaming something, at least for me, is often kind of impulsive, uh, for better or for worse. Unlike uh, on something like Periscope, I can't speak to like using Facebook Live because I can't even understand the app. Um, but a lot of really interesting and spontaneous moments can come from that. Uh, and also, some really horrific moments can come of that, but also we see, like, we, we can see these Nazis streaming their own horrific actions without, um, and they, they don't get to have any afterthought. They don't have any hindsight. It is out in the world, and it's just, like, laid to bear. Um, and I really like how it's kind of this uh, real-time verite documentary stuff, and... It's it it is like uh, I think there's a quote from Mark Zuckerberg that's like it's live and visceral, which is he tried to make it like this very buzzwordy type thing. But um, in terms of how humanity records history and how we look back at this uh, period in time, especially like the U.S.'s political climate, I think it's really important. Yeah, and I will say too, I think. Um there there have been several occasions now, in fact, just earlier this week, um, where I happened to be scrolling through and I saw uh, a live video from BuzzFeed um, and some live videos from a few other sites. And I was able to tune in on those and watch as people were protesting in front of Trump Tower. And the, the camera person actually had their camera destroyed when police were shoving mm-hmm. people back mm-hmm. uh, away from Trump Tower. And seeing that live is a whole different experience from just kind of watching a video afterward, because it tends to be that when we watch those, uh, and I'm I'm talking specifically about Facebook here, because that's where I tend to see more video than on uh, Twitter, um, we see these packages where they've taken a, a really long video, they've made it square to start off, and then they've cut <laughs> it up into a bunch of tiny little pieces. And most of everything that's there is obscured with text. You can't barely see anything. It lasts 15 seconds whenever, you know, 10 minutes would have given it the context that it needs. And so I think that that live video can sometimes provide more information and provide a little bit more of a connection than you're going to get, literally and figuratively, than you're going to get with uh, something that's just like an auto-played video that's built for social uh, in modern marketing speak. Uh, so I like that aspect of, of live video. Now I will say an interesting thing, and this doesn't necessarily apply to news events, but, um, Alex, I think you were kind of touching on this a little bit. Um, the way that, that, live video works and like making live video. And and that experience is interesting because earlier, I think it was last week, it may may have been uh, a couple weeks ago, but Instagram announced a new feature that it's rolling out slowly but surely to everybody where when you live stream on Instagram, whenever you actually, you know, start a live stream, you can invite a friend on to join you. So you can either Mm -hmm. uh, invite someone from the audience or you can kind of invite a contact. And the reason that they said they made this feature was because live streaming due to its unpredictability can feel kind of lonely.
lonely, isolating, and a little uh, worrisome. And I definitely know that experience because there have been a couple very rare times I'm like, I'm going to do a, a live stream and just talk about whatever it happened to be. And you sort of feel like you're performing in front of a, a, a whole audience, but it's very quiet and you just don't know what someone might say. So I'm curious, like, what do you think about the, you know, if we're not talking about protests, if we're just talking about someone going live and maybe like doing a Q&A or something, what do you think about like the, the, ice, the isolated aspect of it? That's really interesting. Um, I, I guess... I see most uh, broadcasting acts as uh, isolating anyway. Like I'm, you know, I, I am talking to you guys, but I am sitting in a uh, in a big empty room, um, and it's not live. I I guess that I am I immediately jumped to the safety aspect of that. Like uh, you're live streaming from. Uh, from Instagram and you're at Trump Tower and then let's say you have a friend at, at another Trump Tower and then and then uh, oh, bile in my mouth. Um, and then you've got uh, like just not only like two cool forms of content, but it also provides like a, a safety net um, there. Are, I, I remember mm. the first instances of um, I think YouTube streaming live at like or uh, I I could be wrong about this, um, but there was a young man who took his life on screen as people just goaded him on. Um, and Oof. I've actually always thought of live streaming, I guess, as less isolating, but also I have the privilege of really being able to, uh, one, I'm, thank God, not the world's famous <laughs> Cards Against Humanity employee. And I can sort of, mm -hmm. uh, I have the privilege of like calling my like followers and uh, have friends who will, who will moderate that sort of stuff. Um, like with, you know, Twitch and YouTube, they've built up fairly um, sophisticated tools in terms of uh, not censor <laughs> blocking, uh, like certain hate speech and you can add as many moderators as you want, which is something that right now we just don't have with Instagram and Facebook. So even just having one person, mm -hmm. I think, is super uh, I, I, intriguing to me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th that's a, a good example of that is um, not too long ago, I more we were doing live streams pretty regularly. And my colleague Serenity Caldwell, uh, who also podcasts here on Relay, um, was doing just a live stream about I think she was sketching um, and kind of showing mm -hmm. Apple Pencil with with iPad Pro and, and that kind of thing. And she had let us know that she was going to be doing it. And I was tuning in for curiosity. And I ended up uh, having to be a moderator mm -hmm. in the chat because there were, you know, terrible people doing terrible things there. Um, and yeah, I, I think that it's kind of nice to have a person. And when we don't have those tools, when those tools aren't made available to us, it gets pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I think that the other aspect of it, uh, and again, I, I keep going back to Facebook because I think there are two things there that make Facebook particularly kind of the one of the big places for this is one, it's really, really easy to uh, kind of for anybody to go in there and, and make a live stream from their phone uh, Two. And this is the big thing. Facebook's algorithm loves the crap out of live video, just loves it. And that means that your videos, if you're making a live video, get in front of a lot of people pretty quickly. Um, so you're going to get 
a stream of people involved in that. And your video kind of has a can get a pretty wide reach. And I think that that plays into the aspect of, of kind of the opportunity for things to run amok. Mm -hmm. And again, for people who may not be looking to see those kinds of things coming across those things. And I think that's where we have to have the the tools in place. And then if we're talking about having live actual humans looking at this content to uh, try to clean it up quickly, whenever it's bad stuff, you got to have a big team doing that if you're Facebook, like a, a really big team, because otherwise, it's just going to be apology after apology of saying, well, we didn't get there in time. And we had to wait for, you know, 100 people, 100,000 people to mention us and let us know that this video needed to be taken down. That's kind of scary, because anybody right now who's on Facebook could totally start a live stream doing terrible, terrible things. And we don't honestly know how long it would take for that video to kind of be either removed or stopped in the middle of its live recording. It brings up an interesting point. These companies are not legally responsible for content that users put on their service. There's uh, that's sort of like the the fundamental uh, backbone of, of these services being able to exist. Right, that if I do something terrible on Facebook, Facebook is not responsible legally. And people try to challenge that, but it's uh, I think it's, it's been basically held up. But I do think that they have some sort of moral responsibility. And I, I think that Facebook in particular feels that, you know, there's uh, stories earlier this year where they're hiring thousands of people to, mm-hmm. to monitor this stuff. And like, that's got to be the worst job mm-hmm. uh, on, on the planet and, and extremely difficult. And they're trying to match it with computer algorithms. So like they can bring technology and humanity together and, and, and solve this. But I do feel like there is sort of that moral responsibility where these companies need to need to have a real understanding that if you put these tools into the world, it's not just going to be people, you know, drawing on iPads with, with the Apple Pencil to show it, or people doing a podcast, or people, you know, showing their kids running through a field of flowers. Right? That these things happen. Just I think earlier this year in Memphis, someone killed themselves on Facebook Live, and it just it just consumed the local news coverage. It's the first time that's happened here. Uh, but living on the internet, I was like, yeah, this is a thing that happens. Like, this isn't uh, as shocking and tragic as it is every single time. It, it is something that happens on a, a somewhat regular basis. And I don't know, I'm curious to, to what the answer is for these companies. Uh, Alex, I agree with you that I think overall it's a net positive because we can see unfiltered the actions like like were, were happening last weekend, right? That that there was a tweet that went by, and I could see as terrible as it was and as upsetting as it was, I feel like I'm connected to that story and the people in that story in a way that I wouldn't be if that video was just described on the evening news as it may have been 15 years ago, right? They wouldn't have shown mm-hmm. it; they would have just described it. But now we can see it basically streaming from some dude's iPhone, and that's that's really powerful. But I do think that it's uh, it has opened a, a big can of worms. I, I think like one final note that you really touched on well is like, like yes it is n- it is not their legal responsibility but it's like what what place do you want to have in history? Um, Twitter had used to have this beautiful history of a silly fail whale when their servers went down and a fun community of folks and like nerds like young nerds like me and I made so many friends and and 
they do have, you know, they they can wash their hands of this or um, they can take action. And I, I there was there's this new video game that's out called um, Player Battlegrounds Unknown, which is this like indie uh, indie game made by one guy. Uh, I, I, I don't want to like it, go all gamer lady right now, but um, it, it, like, <laughs> I'm trying not to nerd out by how cool this game is. But uh, essentially, like there's a hundred pl- uh, anonymous. You can have a hundred anonymous players, um, and it is one of those shooty bang bang games. And usually, that's not not my deal. But the this this single man has cultivated this community where he very. Um, like he is not shy about banning people and and not even if they are spewing hate speech speech or doing it's like if they're doing anything to damage the community like uh killing other players in friendly fire or just trying to break the game it's like well if you want to do this make your own game and uh it mm-hmm. it easy it is you know twitter can't really say uh well if you want something like this go make your own twitter but i think right now they're having a lot of like interest hopefully i like to think there's a lot of introspection going on of like all right who lives who dies who tells our story in this situation where where are we going (laughs) a wonderful reference b i think that you're 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 absolutely right and i hope that more companies sort of i mean we're seeing it right now that companies are uh taking that measure to to determine who lives who dies and who tells the story and i think that um companies can rely on their terms of service and their codes of conduct and we just have to make sure that and this is a whole nother story i realized than than live coverage of news events but like i hope that uh the world can be, or at least the United States can be re-educated on what exactly free speech is and the fact that it protects you from the government uh, harming your free speech or, or you know, uh, inflicting, I don't know, damages on your free speech mm-hmm. and doesn't have anything to do with kind of companies and you. And a company has the right to to choose who gets to, to be there. And how they do that, of course, determines how popular they are and who uh, decides to be on the service. But like, if somebody wants to make a, a social media account where you have to prove that you only wear pink shirts and uh, fluffy socks, then <laughs> so be it. And anyone else who's not on the platform doesn't get to be on the platform. And like, that's, that's fine. Your free speech is still honored in the United States. But on this platform, you agreed that you'd always wear fluffy socks and pink shirts. I'm uh, writing that down as a business idea right now. (laughs) So let's take a quick break, tell you about our first sponsor, and that is FreshBooks. If you own a small business, you'll know what a chore admin work can be. It's a total grind. And it's not just you who feels that way. You're not alone in this. Over 5 million small business owners felt the exact same way until they discovered FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a simple cloud accounting software that's transforming how small business owners, like me, handle their paperwork. FreshBooks is great for invoicing. You can create and send an invoice in as little as 30 seconds. There's no formulas or formatting, just perfectly crafted invoices every time. Your clients get an email and they can just click a link and pay online, which means you get paid a lot faster. There's also a super handy deposit feature, so you can take a part of a payment up front when you're starting a project. And FreshBooks can show you whether or not a client has even looked at an invoice you've emailed so you know uh, how to approach them. There's just a fraction of what FreshBooks could do in this ad. It can do so much more. You owe it to yourself to break free from the boring admin work and let FreshBooks help you and your small business. 
For a free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com slash download FM and enter download in the How You Heard About Us section. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we're going to change gears uh, a little bit, talk about the uh, the insurance uh, uh, industry. So insurance company Aetna has reportedly been taking meetings with Apple about issuing Apple Watches to some of its customers. Noena already offers the Apple Watch to its some 50,000 employees, but they are now looking at, like I said, giving these to customers. They want an insight into the activities of its customers, assumedly to offer discounts for well-behaved people. Several auto insurance companies have been doing this as well. They offer sensors and these little packs you put in your car and... It can track things like drive distance, braking intensity, speeding, and much more. Well-behaved customers can enjoy all sorts of goodies. For instance, Allstate offers a program that allows tracked customers to uh, accrue points for safe driving habits that can can then be exchanged for merchandise, gift gift cards, and local offers. So I read this, and I am extremely conflicted about this story, and it seems like to me it's a really kind of a, a question of... Where's the line between privacy and coupons? What do y'all think? <laughs> uh, I, I have, I have I, I, I just mixed mixed feelings about all of these types of things. The 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 insurance, the car insurance thing, and the uh, health insurance thing. Because I don't know, I don't like reporting into people with my personal stats i guess <laughs> this is like this is like sharing my home screen <laughs> no alex you can't see my home screen um <laughs> I, like th- except this is worse because it's more more personal if, if I <laughs> it's have your to, heart rate right, <laughs> your activity <laughs> exactly i don't want someone somewhere or i guess even if it's just a, a you know a system that's built into place but ugh, the thought of like gamifying my insurance is just insurance is already enough of an issue that I don't want to add this to it as well. Maybe it's just because I have a guilty conscience and don't, you know, raise my heart rate enough in a day. Um, But this just kind of creeps me out. It's just one more opportunity for uh, a health insurance company to potentially save money whenever I'm already paying them so much. And I think that it's oftentimes going to be like less of an opportunity to actually get you sort of discounts because in the end they're getting that data about you and whether it's anonymous or it isn't they can use that data to their advantage and data especially health data is very valuable so it's all very scary for me as soon as i read this story i like little alarm bells went off of this this doesn't really seem like apple's mo i don't know um I I admittedly give so much of my information over to Apple, including like all of my health data and, and you know, um, so much of what I've said in iMessages, I never want anybody to see. Mostly embarrassing things about how awesome <laughs> I think my cats are. But like, I, it, it feels weird. And it I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, it, it doesn't feel like the source, it, there are like, two confirmed sources it just it, this reads very much like um a rumors article that has been 
like misconstrued to make it sound like um, Apple is going to be partnering with a bunch of big businesses to like everybody's going to be constantly tracked. Um, And this is a little... hypocritical of me because you know i am all for biohacking and i want to put like chips all over my body and and i think that'd be awesome but again i i trust apple as a company with that data however i don't always trust um the accuracy of their hardware um like i'm on a series zero the original apple watch and sometimes my heart rate um it's getting a little finicky and so i'm like all right i am not a professional swimmer. My heart rate's definitely not 30 beats per, per minute right now. However, um, I'm sitting recording a podcast. I don't think it's 250 beats either. Um, so that's, <laughs> and, and that's like the thing is like, okay, so how, how exactly does this work? And, um, you know, what are, like, do you need to tell your watch about pre existing conditions? There's just so many things that kind of skeeve me out about this, even though, um, I, I would love to feed even more of my personal data into my watch and into my phone for my own use. Um, and just biofeedback to me is also really cool as actually as a gamification in like literal games, like deception games um, we play in the office. Or even if like you're just playing poker, it's really fun to be like, hey, other player, want to show me what your heart rate is? Um so this story, it really skews me out. And if any insurance company wanted me to do this, hopefully I'd be able to say, nope, 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 opt out. Ha- heck yeah, opt out. Uh, but I- I'll sort of like believe it when I see it. It seems it seems <laughs> fishy. This seems like something that um, a company would internally do with their own, like, I I can see Allstate giving people, like, kind of crappy Fitbit things and, like, yeah, here, this, Mm -hmm. but it it just doesn't feel like Apple. Man, the Apple fangirliness is really coming out, but I I don't know. A company that I used to work for did that, the crappy Fitbit thing, Um, and you would report your stats and then you got a discount on health insurance, but it was really terrible health insurance. (laughs) I, I won't go into it. But um, so I realized that before I said I had mixed emotions about this, and then I said all negative things. (laughs) Um, So those aren't really mixed emotions. So uh, to bring it back, the the positive aspect of this is I do like the idea of um, this kind of technology getting into more people's hands. Mm -hmm. And if uh, a partnership with an insurance company gets this kind of technology into more people's hands, then that's good, particularly because, and, you know, it's not that I just want everybody to have Apple Watch. Because honestly, I use my Apple Watch to tell the time and to shut off alarms from a distance and get notifications. I don't use it for a whole lot. But if someone is getting an Apple Watch, particularly in relation to uh, their health insurance and they're paying more attention, they're being more aware of those things, then I do think we have an opportunity to uh, improve upon health uh, concerns and and people may become more... Uh, knowledgeable, or at least aware, I think, of their health. Because Apple Watch makes it very easy to set up those stand reminders and the the meditation reminders and things like that. And I think at least in the beginning, people can kind of get hooked on those things and the, you know, clearing your activity rings as well. So it does have the potential to improve upon 
you know, many people's health if it does become a thing. And the other thing, the other aspect of this is just the fact that we're getting, if we get more health data in the world and, you know, people choose to share that health data anonymously or what have you, then that just means good things for future health studies and, and, and uh, opportunities for, uh, you know, breakthroughs in, in the medical world. And that's why I'm, you know, people are kind of scared about things like 23andMe and uh, any program where you're, you know, you're sharing about like depression and mm -hmm. things like that. But I see those things as net positives because it's an opportunity for uh, us to learn about ourselves as humans instead of just like individuals. We, the more data we have on all that stuff, the more we can crunch those numbers and the more we get to learn about how the human body works. And I think that's pretty incredible. So that's the positive side of my mixed feelings. Uh, I just don't want anybody judging me is what it boils down to on the negative. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, you, you're you echoing my thoughts exactly. Um, at, the, at the very end of this article, you know, it points out that Apple, Apple has been secretly hiring biomedical engineers. I don't know if that's so much of a secret anymore, but, um, you know, they're working on all of this amazing technology to track blood sugar and stuff like that. And I can only see that ramping up and becoming more and more useful. And if we want to go into like, okay, but really, how does Apple make money off of this? I can see folks opting in. And honestly, I would I would probably sell or let my um, health information be sold to pharmaceutical companies, which sounds very gross. It just sounds less gross to me than something that will directly impact me. And if like the like, it's one thing to have data from millions of users and uh, to in contrast that with like different sorts of drug use and uh, medical trials versus one person's single use of a device that may or may not work correctly, and then that gives them health and financial uh, repercussions. Yeah, I think I think for me, the the critical thing here is if if this story is true, and it is rumor at this point, but if you opt into this, I think the, it's on the company's shoulders to make it extremely clear how the data is handled and what they do with it. So, Micah, to your point of, I don't want anybody judging me. I mean, I, I would... I would assume and I would hope and I would definitely ensure if I were to sign up for this, which I wouldn't, that this was somehow, you know, uh, obscured away from my identity. But then at the same time, if you're well behaved, you get goodies like so it can't be. Um, so it, I would hope that it would be sort of machine handled and not not mm -hmm. handled by like an intern in a cubicle <laughs> somewhere like just has. Has a picture that has like a dashboard of all of our faces and clicks on it, and sees that Micah mm -hmm. hasn't gone outside in four days. It's like <laughs> not great, man. Like not not super great. But the the other part of this too is I I, I think that in addition to like the privacy angle, I, I do like like Alex enjoy being able to quantify my life, right? So I wear an Apple Watch at this point mostly for the fitness stuff, and I like the the information I get out of it. But I have all of those benefits just by owning an Apple Watch and you know the 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 rumors say that this watch would be given to customers for free in exchange for their data so if if you can't afford an Apple Watch and you want to do this then hey thumbs up it's a good win but you don't have to send all your stuff to your insurance company to be able to quantify this same thing on the car side right there are 
devices you can plug into your car that that quantify some of this. So you can see things like gas mileage and drive distance and all those things. So you don't you don't have to have you don't have to give that data away to have that data in the first place. And I think that's an important thing to remember if you're a consumer and you're looking at one of these programs. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's also a matter of. Um you know, now people are sort of uh, finally understand understanding like um, you are not, not to say that people, um, folks who use these products are unintelligent or anything, but uh, for a really long time, most people didn't realize that, OK, I am not a customer of Facebook. I, I am I am a product of Facebook and Google. And that seems to be more mm-hmm. like widely adopted and understood now. Like I, I just don't have faith in a company really being like, yeah, yeah, here's this free Apple Watch and not with the disclaimer of like, oh, yes, and here is all, all of these things we are going to pull from you to make money. Yeah, that's I, I don't see any other way for, for all of that to work. And um, again, you know, we, we I hate to be the Apple fan person, but in a sense, this this is a bit of Apple fan personing. Um, I hope that, you know, the partnership because because in other places where Apple is really pushed to make these connections and, and build out these partnerships, it's always been about really trying to sort of better things and and come up with uh, studies that can help le- help us learn about Parkinson's disease and uh, uh, hopefully eventually uh, blood sugar concerns and things like that. So we want to hope that this is sort of going to be that way. But then it also is just a matter of maybe Apple just wants to get Apple watches into more people's hands. And uh, this is one way of doing it. So Oh, I should reserve judgment. And again, I think that the the opportunity for more people to get these devices is great. But I will say too, um, you know, I've got like four or five different uh, deals and like coupons and uh, offers involved with my insurance. I'm never taking advantage of any of them. And granted, they're not here's an Apple Watch that you can get at a discounted rate or for free or whatever. It's like, hey, you can get $5 off this steak. It It's probably not steak. I don't think they want you to eat red meat, but you know what I mean. Um, it, here's $5 off a haircut next time you go to blank. Um, I've never taken advantage of those things. And I do wonder how many people will actually take advantage of this? I think it's going to take a lot of um, advertising in that sense uh, of, of letting people know that the opportunity is out there for them to take advantage of it. So it'll be interesting to see if it if it becomes a reality, if people jump on board or if they're just like, oh, yeah, I could do that. But I it probably has a lot of hoops that I have to jump through. And then they just kind of keep their insurance as it is. Yeah, it's 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 interesting when technology meets a business that's kind of old and they, they sort of don't know what to do with it. So they do maybe creepy things. So let's uh let's take our second break. This episode of Download is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon makes the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you'll ever wear. Frankly, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now. They're so confident of this, they have a no-questions-asked return policy. Mack Weldon are sure that you're going to be super comfortable in whatever you buy, but if there's some reason you don't like your first pair, just keep it, and they'll refund you no-questions-asked. By pairing premium fabrics, meticulous attention to detail, and a simple shopping experience, Mack Weldon delivers a new level of comfort straight to your door. They make undershirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. Everything they make is made with premium cotton blended with natural fibers. 
and their website is built for you to get in and get out as quickly as possible. They don't want to waste your time. I've got a bunch of stuff from them. I love their undershirts. Uh, they're, they're comfortable. They breathe well, and they have held up over time really well. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. This is serious science in your undershirts. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, traveling, or just everyday life. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com with the code DOWNLOAD. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon for their support. I, I would just like to note really quick that uh, that there is one bit of a, of a falsity in there, which is to say that what I'm wearing right now is not better because I'm wearing Mac Weldon right now. What up? <laughs> On brand, Micah. I appreciate it. You know how I do. <laughs> it is now time for the story you might have missed, a story that may have flown under your radar but might be worth mentioning. And this is in my series of weird tech products that probably shouldn't exist. This is a tech product called Front Row. It's a $399 necklace with a set of two cameras and a two-inch circular LCD touchscreen. It shoots 1080 video and will live stream, this is why I picked it, to Facebook or YouTube for up to two hours. It it runs Android under a fun, bubble user interface. The company says it's perfect for sharing things like hikes and other outdoor activities as time-lapse videos, if that's your thing. Or, you know, rallies or Whatever. So, if you want to not hold your phone up and spend 400 bucks, front row makes a necklace. Looks like a watch on a string. Super weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this sure is a thing. That's going to be on their product splash page. Sure is a thing. Alex Cox. From world famous Cards Against Humanity employee. <laughs> And robot uh, Android tongue aficionado. Oh God! <laughs> well, well, this thing actually. So initially, when I saw this, um, like all kidding aside, like yes, this this looks silly and ridiculous. Um, but I I'm one of those people that if I had the opportunity to try Google Glass at, at the time, I would have 100 percent done it. Um, like mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. But. I this just feels like a novel. I mean, it doesn't feel like this is a novelty product. Um, and the <laughs> the thing that I really like about a similar product, um, Snapchat's specs, uh, which are s- very silly, but they but they like take they don't take themselves seriously. It's like okay, this is a toy. This is a fun thing to use, and I can't tell what the tone of like how this company is trying to sell what they're ma- like I don't know what front row's deal is cuz this is this this did uh, yeah like What's your deal? well it did totally fly under my radar initially I was like oh oh cool like a little and and and, and again initially I thought like this is an interesting thing for journalists um but it's by no means a hidden camera um because it's like a plastic or metal medallion on either like a, a mesh lanyard or a chain lanyard that looks like something like one of the Backstreet Boys would wear. And I I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I am really all for, like, the advancement of cameras, small cameras, uh, cameras that have computers inside of them. Um, this just looks like, like uh, when, when I 
hear Steven talk about these things, usually I like violently disagree and I'm like, no, 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 that's awesome. It's going to be really cool. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, oh, my, my, my uh, cursor is hovering over the add to cart at Amazon. Oh like, my gosh, I, don't I, do I, it. I'm going to see the return policy because I feel like I, well, also Android. Um, mm, mm, uh, not to be the Apple girl again, but um, I don't know. I don't really have any like hot takes on <laughs> front row as a company, but but just the way they talk about it. Um I really like the the description. Um, capture experiences for several hours and create create dynamic first person time lapses. Like what? So is it just like is this a funzy camera? What what is it? It's it's every it's anything you want it to be. Is what it is. Cool boy band thing. Four hundred yeah, bucks it, it better exactly. be. Exactly. Um, it's like a more expensive body cam. Cool story, front row. I, th- yeah. I think we should just move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think we just let it go. Just let it go. Close, close the tab and walk away, Alex. <laughs> don't, don't buy it. Or do so that we can all get uh, a laugh whenever we get to see how it works. I'm going to get an expense report to relay from Alex. <laughs> Topic number three, Facebook market. Remember that thing? It is the company's eBay and Craigslist rival. That is Facebook's words, not mine. This week, it was expanded to cover 17 more countries in Europe. Facebook says that it is better than other online yard sales because of the inclusion of profiles. If you have mutual friends with a seller, for example, you may be more likely to buy that hammock or old record player from them. Have you, either of you, used this? I've never used it. Anyone? Uh, I see. Okay. I'm... I hate to admit it, but I'm incredibly bougie, um, and I don't like buying things that other people. It <laughs> sounds so bad. It's so arrogant. <laughs> I don't like buying things that other people have owned or used or touched. Um, oh, man, so like, like it, it applies to to library. People go to libraries. I don't like libraries because other people have used those books. I'm that's so bad. I'm so bad. But anyway, so. eBay makes very little sense to me. Craigslist is terrifying. Facebook Marketplace, like, uh, no, I'm not going to buy an Ikea table from you. I'll buy one from Ikea. Um, So, no, I've never used this. Uh, My partner, uh, he has (laughs) wanted to use Facebook Marketplace, and it's basically been one of those times it's like you could sleep on the sofa that you just (laughs) bought on Facebook Marketplace. Or we cannot buy anything ever from Facebook Marketplace. So uh, there are no mixed feelings here, Stephen. I do not have anything to do or like Facebook Marketplace Mm. at all. I am a, yeah, I I didn't know Facebook Marketplace existed until one day I opened the app and I'm like, huh, what's going on here? Um, And I I sort of echo that sentiment of it's, it's not, the idea of owning something uh, that that someone else has touched, but rather um, owning something that someone else has touched and no professional has looked at and God knows what is in between the, those couch cushions. God knows what this mattress going for $50 has been through. Um, right now I'm seeing makeup, a, a huge array of makeup. I wish I could send this to you guys somehow. It's... Uh, Makeup, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, $4, last day, take advantage of this one-time deal, a bunch of emojis, and it's very unclear what they're selling, and I I, uh, would not 
buy products to put on my face um, for $4. And some people are Ugh. selling cars. And I totally get that this is something like people want to do and it could be like super useful, um, especially for college kids. I think there it's kind of nice that there is like sort of an added safety um, thing if uh, like this like I'm just thinking like you know um, you someone's trying to sell their all their dorm furniture someone else wants to buy it easy to transport everything's um, local Mm -hmm. but uh, in terms of what I see and in terms of like I've actually never I did I was I I was going through and nothing um, no, no one uh, in my friend circles, including the like friend of friend circles, nobody uses it. So to me, it's like a Craigslist tab that I don't want on Facebook, essentially. So, so that yeah, why is there makeup on? I don't thing? know, the, man. The people <laughs> I've seen, I, I very, I very, I don't understand why people sell mattresses. I'm pretty sure that that there are like laws against that in certain places. You, you shouldn't sell mattresses because that's gross. Uh, like I, I don't know. Look, okay, I have to. I want to note right here, I am speaking from a privileged position where I have not had to worry about, you know, buying a new mattress or versus buying one that wasn't. And same thing applies to all the other things I've said. Like, I recognize that this is sort of arrogant and comes from a privileged position. Um, I just think that there certainly are safety concerns, like health concerns in some some cases. Uh, bed bugs are a r- very real thing. Um, and that's something to watch out for with makeup, like oil and dirt and, and bacteria from people's face. That's kind of terrifying. Um, and then there's also just the, the matter of, of safety of an individual, too, that plays into it. So, yeah, all of this um, keeps me from wanting to use services like this as much as possible, just because I want to <laughs> insulate myself from the opportunity for things to go awry. Uh, and therefore, I am, am not a big proponent of it. I think also... Um, the way that Facebook has sort of tried to make Facebook Marketplace front and center goes against my <laughs> my like the the barrier of of annoyance there. Where I'm like, oh my goodness, now we've got like a Facebook Marketplace tab, and everybody around me is talking about how they got their bike off Facebook Marketplace. Uh, anyway, I. <laughs> Clearly, I don't. I don't very care. Don't very much care for something like this. I, I just think it's funny when you said uh, front and center. It it literally is the center tab on Facebook. Um, and it <laughs> like you're right, totally a position of privilege. But the I, I'm surprised that they compare themselves to eBay because you know you do not need to go to somebody's house when you're getting something off of eBay. Um, and I man, I just don't know. I haven't heard any um, store like there are like pawn shops. There are like really like I I have bought like used furniture and stuff like that. Um, and again, it is from a place of privilege because I live in in uh, in urban city where I can go to places like that. So maybe this is helpful to people in like more suburban areas. I really don't know. And, I, and also, I really don't know like how this can be sustainable like uh i feel like it's only a matter of time before something weird happens or it becomes a meme like you know all of those gross craigslist postings um does does facebook take a cut or anything i i wasn't able to like discern exactly what the benefit is to them as a company 
Yeah, so that's kind of where I went ahead. It is the center tab. I have this this theory about center tabs and apps. Apple has struggled with this in the App Store, where they just never know what to put there. So, like for a while, mm-hmm. it was like local apps. Which, if you lived in a small city like me, it was just like your two local TV stations. But, anyways, they, <laughs> from what I've read, they're not making any money here. And it, I, I guess it is to keep people in the Facebook e- ecosystem. It kind of loops around with stories as well. They keep adding features to the stories thing, even though no one is using it. I've never, I literally have never seen anyone use stories of all my friends on Facebook. People use Instagram and Snapchat for that, not the Facebook app. They keep they keep cramming yes. stuff in the Facebook app to keep people engaged there. And it's hard to tell how popular or successful Facebook market is. They haven't really talked about it much that I could find. But it, it does raise the question of, of why it's important to them. And I think it's just got to be they just want people to hit that, that home screen icon, you know, just one or two more times a day. Right. That's all it takes. Good news, guys. I just found an iPhone for free. Um, if I go, if I message this person for more details on location, nothing can go wrong there. Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> Please don't do that. Please don't go. Oh, no. It's, it, don't worry. It's a gold iPhone, so I wouldn't even engage with that nonsense. No, no. Um, so the, I think, uh, too, it's interesting, like, these things have kind of always been a little bit sketchy, like on eBay or no, not on eBay on Craigslist. You can't actually type your, like whenever you make a post on Craigslist, you can't put your number in there, but you can, you just have to write it in a way that gets past their filters right. for what yeah. a phone number is. <laughs> um, so I don't know. These things have always sort of felt kind of, um, uh, you 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 give me the money, I give you the stuff type deal. And I can remember I once used Craigslist to sell an iPod Nano, uh, may it rest in peace. Uh, and it was a very nice person, but we like met in a public place. They brought their person, their body person. I brought my body person. <laughs> we walked up to this table and like I could hear the James Bond theme in the background. Everything got a little bit darker and then I passed over the thing and then they like looked at it and then they passed over the money, slid it across across the table in an envelope that was all beat up. Uh, so yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I've always felt very scary about those things. That's uh, that's excellent. I'm, I'm glad your, your organs are not harvested because that seems like a real thing. <laughs> Me too. Oh no, I just checked and I have scars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that does it uh, for this week's download. Uh, the week ahead, we'll be back in the Snell zone next Thursday. If the solar eclipse doesn't kill us all. So, uh, Micah, Alex, where can people find what you do? Oh, oh no. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm a calm person. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Alex Cox, um, A-L-E-X-C-O-X, and also at Roboism.fm, which is here on Relay. Thank you so much, Stephen and Mike in the other room. Um, and also DubaiFriday.com. F, uh, dot com, DubaiFriday.com, which is a show I do with uh, my boss, uh, not quite as famous, uh, Cards Against Humanity employee, Max Demkin, and uh, this guy called Merlin Mann from the internet. He does something with folders. Hmm. <laughs> 
if you were looking for me online, uh, apparently people can't spell this word as the complaint that I get, but you can literally go to www.chihuahua.coffee, uh, and that will have all of the links to all the things that I do. But uh, you can listen to me here on Relay, on Clockwise, and with Dan Morin, and on uh, Disruption with many guests, so I won't go, or with many hosts, so I won't go through and name them all, as well as other places on the web. I kid you not, all of the links can be found on chihuahua.coffee. Great. If I can uh, if I can spell that, it'll be in the show notes. I'm Stephen Hackett. Until next week, we'll be watching the headlines so you don't have to. Goodbye. Goodbye.